Section 9 of A Journey Round My Room by Xavier de Maistre Translated by Henry Atwell This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 30 Charity Were anyone to pass a hasty judgment upon a city, taking my last chapter as a criterion, he would err greatly. I have spoken of the poor we meet with, of their pitiful lamentations, and of the indifference with which many regard them. But I have said nothing of the multitude of charitable persons who sleep while others seek amusement, and who rise at dawn, unobserved and unostentatiously, to succour the unfortunate. This aspect of city life must not be passed by in silence. I will write it on the reverse of the page I was anxious everybody should read. After having divided their good things with their brethren, after having poured balm into their hearts chafed by sorrow, you may see them enter the churches, while wearied vice sleeps upon either down to offer up their prayers to God and to thank him for their mercies. The light of a solitary lamp still struggles in the sanctuary with the daylight, but they are already prostrate before the altar, and the Almighty, angered by the hard-hearted selfishness of men, withholds his threatening hand. Chapter 31 Inventory I could not help saying a word in my journey about those poor creatures, for the thought of them has often come across me on my way and turned the current of my reflections. Sometimes, struck with the difference between their case and my own, I have suddenly stopped my travelling carriage and thought my chamber extravagantly embellished. What superfluous luxury! Six chairs, two tables, a bureau and a looking-glass! What vain display! My bed above all things, my rose-and-white bed, with its two mattresses, seemed to rival the magnificence and effeminacy of Asiatic monarchs. These meditations made me indifferent to the pleasures that had been forbidden to me. And, as I went on from one reflection to another, my fit of philosophy became so serious that I could have seen a ball going on in the next room, and heard the sound of violins and flutes without stirring. I could have heard the Marchesini's melodious voice, that voice which has so often transported me. Yes, I could have listened to it without being moved. Nay more, I could have gazed upon the most beauteous woman in Turin, upon Eugenie herself, adorned from head to foot by the hands of Mademoiselle Rapoux, without emotion. But of this last... I must confess myself not quite sure. Chapter 32 Misanthropy But, gentlemen, allow me to ask a question. Do you enjoy balls and plays as much as you used to? As for me, I avow that for some time past crowded assemblies have inspired me with a kind of terror. When in their midst... I am assailed by an ominous dream. In vain I try to shake it off. Like the dream of Athelie, it constantly returns. 
Perhaps this is because the soul, overwhelmed at the present moment by the dark fancies and painful pictures, sees nothing but sadness around it, just as a disordered stomach turns the most wholesome food into poison. However this may be, my dream is as follows. When I am at one of these fates, among a crowd of kind, good-natured men, who dance and sing, who weep at tragedies, and are full of frankness and cordiality, I say to myself, if suddenly a white bear, a philosopher, a tiger, or some other animal of this kind were to enter, and ascending to the orchestra, were to shout out furiously, Wretched beings, listen to the truth that comes from my lips. You are oppressed. You are the slaves of tyrants. You are wretched and heartsick. Awake from your lethargy. Musicians, break your instruments about your heads and let each one of you arm himself with a poniard. Think no more about holidays and rejoicings. Climb into the boxes and stab their occupants one and all, and let the women steep their timid hands in blood. Quit this room, for you are free. Tear your king from his throne and your god from his sanctuary. Well, and how many of these charming men will obey this tiger's voice? How many of them thought, perhaps, of such deeds before they entered? Who can tell? Was there no dancing in Paris five years ago? Gilnetti, shut the door and windows. I do not wish to see the light. Let no one enter my room. Put my sword within reach. Go out yourself and keep away from me. Chapter 33 Consolation No, no. Stay, Jeanette, my good fellow, and you too, Rose, you who guess what are my sorrows, and soften them by your caresses. Come. The letter V forms the resting place. End of section 9